Join the zone Thursday from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. at F45 Training at Jordan Landing, 3812 West, 7800 South. Change everything with personal training in a team environment. David Locke joining us now. He joins us on the Sprint special guest line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. David, good morning. Good morning, guys. We want to have you on the air because uh, you were right there for uh, one of the many moments in Kobe's career that overlaps with jazz history. And the photo has actually been posted by one of our listeners on our Facebook page, DJ and PK. And Kobe Bryant has come over at the end of the game in full uniform, and he's shaking hands with Hot Rod, who's sitting down looking up at him. It was Hot Rod's last game broadcasting the Jazz, and of course he'd been a Laker number one pick and a two-time All-Star and a Laker broadcaster, and now this Jazz broadcaster. And, and Kobe knew the history of the game, and you are sitting in the middle of the photo right there staring at Kobe, sitting right next to Hot Rod. Kind of take us through that and what it meant to Hot Rod that, that Kobe – thought of him in that moment well i meant everything to hot rod that that i think is actually my biggest memory of the moment even more so than just kind of how impressed i was that kobe's awareness of the moment in time and sometimes there's that way where you feel like the pr person told him hey you know this is going on you should be aware i didn't get that feeling that day i thought it was much more that kobe knew exactly who hot rod was probably you know from his dad's background um, and knew Hot Rod's place in NBA lore as well as Laker history. And so he did. He came over. Um, I can't recall. You're saying it's at the end of the game. I actually think it was kind of right before. My memory is that it was at the beginning of the game as they were. He went over. He, he, stuck, he came back over right before the game started. Um, but I remember Hot Rod, because what I do remember is commercial break afterwards and Hot Rod being just, oh, my gosh, she came over. You know, I can't do Tony. But, um, you know, just really, like, moved by Kobe's awareness of the moment. It's also somewhat of a tribute to Kobe that here's this legendary guy who is in Hot Rod who's moved by Kobe. I mean, that's you can have all your opinions about Kobe and all some of the impact on teammates or Colorado or all those various things. There's one thing that's just abundantly clear. Kobe moved the meter for everyone in the game. Like his presence and his aura had an impact on everyone, including Hot Rod Hundley. Did Hot Rod Hundley know it was happening? It had just come out of the blue, came right up on him? Or was he aware that as Kobe was approaching that this was going to happen, do you think? So I have three pictures. I've posted two of them. Um, one's on my Instagram at DLock09. One of them, and then I put one on my Twitter. Um, the one on my Twitter is him coming over at first and shaking hands. And that's when Hot Rod, he says to Hot Rod, you know, congratulations and, you know, kind of thank you and all you've done for the game and and. And then there's a, the last one, the one I have on my Instagram account, is Hot Rod pointing back at Kobe. And that's Hot Rod's awareness of what's taking place and thank you and, and where Hot Rod's really moved. I don't know if everybody really... You know, you know, DJ, the other one that would be interesting to talk to is Pace Mannion. 
Well, fortunately, we're going to have him on the show next. <laughs> well, had I known how good Jay Catch is, I should have just assumed. But, I mean, Pace really had, because of the Italy connection, Pace had a very different connection to Kobe than a lot of people did. Well, clearly I can't remember the start of the game from the end of the game. But I also have this memory, and we're going to check with Pace. I think uh, Nico would have been in elementary school about second grade, maybe third grade, and one of Kobe's last trips in. Maybe he's a little older than that. Um, he might have been fourth or fifth grade. But he, I think he wanted to get something signed, a jersey or shoes or something. I don't know. And I think Kobe told Nico, if you want to get his attention, and, and you know, Pace could have set it up himself. He could have done that. But he told him, you want to get his attention, speak to him about basketball in Italian, and you'll get him. And he did. I'm pretty sure. Well, we'll ask Pace about that coming on. Yeah, I mean, he, I know they actually had a real connection. Um, you know, the other one had a real connection with Kobe is Quinn. <clears throat> they spent that year together in L.A. There's probably not a lot of people who can go one-on-one brain-wise with Quinn Snyder, and there's probably not a lot of people who can go one-on-one brain-wise with Kobe Bryant. And the two of them had a very deep connection. Have you ever spoken to Coach Schneider about that? I have. I'll probably keep that uh, between the two of us. But uh, I would share that that's, it, it was a very important relationship for, for Quinn and I think for Kobe also. David Locke joined us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. From the player perspective, uh, you know, Kobe is obviously a historian of the game. That's why he came over to Hot Rod. You also are a historian of the game. You know, there are a lot of players who've racked up a lot of titles. And in the NBA, more than any other sport, we can just list them, right? You know, Russell's got his 11, and uh, Jordan's got his 6, and Magic has his 5, and Kobe's got his 5, and uh, so does Tim Duncan. But Kobe's 5, kind of uh, unusual that he won 3 in what, for most players, would be before their prime, and he won two in what would kind of be the tail end of the prime. But when he was really in the heart of the deal, 26, 27, 28, they were scrapping to be the eighth seed. But he never took his foot off the gas and, and rested on his laurels. He had his 81-point game there. He demanded the trade in that window. I mean, he was full-on top-of-the-game Kobe, uh, but not winning. And that's an unusual thing to have to power through. It is interesting, and then that's when he had, you know, care, literally, he had, you know, he had Smush Parker as his backcourt mate. Like, are you kidding me? Um, I mean, some of those teams are terrible. Uh, and that's also when he had, I remember very vividly my last game calling with the Sonics, which I probably in the back of my mind knew was my last game calling it with the Sonics, um, was against the Lakers, and, and Kobe went for 50 again that year. That was the year in which, and you knew it, like I have a call that I specifically remember where Kobe, right baseline, fadeaway, has got 32, and he's staring 50 right in the face. And I remember listening to it later and thinking to myself, like, what a ridiculous comment. The guy's 18 points away from 50, and yet you have no doubt he's going to go get it. And that's how prolific a score he was in that middle stretch. How about your memories of his last game, which came against the Jazz? I mean, it was like the NBA Finals. That, that's my number one method. The only time I've ever experienced anything like that was the NBA Finals, Jazz Bulls, with that much media, that many people around. You know, I think some Jazz players were so in awe of him that they were willing participants, but you still had to do what Kobe did. And the other thing is you knew he would do it. 
right? Like there, there was just he wasn't going three of fourteen that night. It wasn't going to happen. Um, it was pretty awesome, and it was it, it, it was you know really lucky to be there. Like I, my bigger memory of Kobe is the locker room after the air balls. Um, I you know DJ, you and I were probably PK might have been too uh, in the locker room. At, yeah, I, was there. I, I don't know if you were in the gym. I was in the Laker locker room. And that's one of my biggest, like if people ask me about my NBA career, like, oh, what's the coolest things you've ever done? One of them is a LeBron December 23rd interview in Miami where clearly he had a honey-do list where he wanted things to get. He didn't want to go home, so he hung out with us for like 45 minutes and his photographic memory was on full display. You know, another was I interviewed Steve Kerr walking to the podium after the shot against the Jazz. Stockton's shot was... Another one, and then Kobe's air balls is right on the top of that list where uh, I remember finishing that interview just being with the math. I wasn't one-on-one, being just flabbergasted by his, how unfazed he was about the fact that he had just, you know, missed five air balls or shot four air balls and that he was, uh, you know, not bothered by it in the slightest. And... um Sorry, we're t- I'm trying to find the windshield wipers on a car. I don't, don't know. I cannot figure it out. I'm, I will we'll be fine. We will not die. I, um, so the uh, – sorry, guys. Um, the, so um, so the, the air balls was just completely stunning how unbothered he was by it. And I remember walking out and just being like, oh, my gosh, he's going to be brilliant. And I even remember going back on the air for our post-game show and saying that, like, okay, we just won, we advanced. We just watched the birth of a star. Like, I remember being kind of actually taking a little heat, like, why are we talking about Kobe? And I was like, because I promise you we just saw something we'll never forget. And uh, it was that was really quite something. So you knew those air balls would propel him, help propel him anyway to start him? You just, I don't, you know, honestly, you can't know that at the time, but you can leave that locker room knowing he was not phased by the failure at all. If I, I wrote about this on my Facebook account at Locked On Sports. His quote was, I had good looks, I didn't make them. You've got to miss them before you make them. I'll go work this summer and make sure I make them. And it was like, but it wasn't, it wasn't that BS. It was looking you right in the eye and totally understanding that failure was part of the process. Along those lines, I remember the interview watching on TV. They had three-peated, and they were going for four, and they got beat. And he did an interview immediately after it, and it was back to work. Got to go back to work to get back. He had that attitude every day, it sounded like it. I think all of these, I think we have two reasons why we're sports fans. One is we love to attach to a team, feel that exhilaration, the euphoria we felt Saturday afternoon after Rudy's blocks and be connected and, and be on that journey and feel that. I, I think the other thing is, I personally would speak, I love to watch brilliance. Um, but I think there's also something inside of the brilliance that you're inspired, whether it's you know, Magic had that little zest for life, and Giannis has a joyousness to him, and Donovan, frankly, has a kind of a kindness right now that I think we all, you know, uh, you know, Michael had a, a, a winning aspect that I think we all admired. I think Kobe's was working 
perseverance, and will. I think the will is is what we admire out of Kobe. David, thanks for a few minutes. We appreciate it. Thanks. And obviously, you know, without saying any of us who are parents, our thoughts to to Vanessa and the other families, it's 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 overwhelming. Clearly. Thank you, David. Thanks. David Locke joined us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.